Genesis 32, 24 through 30. So put that up there and let's read the word. Amen. If you guys would like to read together, ready, read. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you're going to restore some things this morning in our lives. And this will be a day that struggle will end. And Father, I pray right now for open hearts. We just open our hearts, and we want to hear what you have to say. How many would just say that with me? Say, I open my heart, Daddy. Daddy, God, I want to hear what you have to say to me. Amen. His words are life. His words are spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Blessed to have Chris Ritchie and his wife Carly with us. How many enjoyed worship this morning? Those of you, some of you may have came uh, Friday night. We had an awesome time. Mike Lighty at ICLV came and we just worshiped God, and we just had a good old time. Amen. This morning, I want to just get right into the Word. I believe that this morning, looking at this this uh, this story in the Scripture of Jacob, we see that he wrestled with God. He had a struggle. Many of you, I don't know if you know about his life or not, but he encountered God before. He had met God at a place that he called Bethel, which means the house of God. He said, Lord, you're awesome in this place, and I didn't know it. And then years went by, and he pursued a lot of things. He was, he, he was in the struggle. He pursued riches. He pursued relationships, some of them wrong. He pursued things, and he kind of forgot the covenant that God was trying to make with him. And he deceived his own brother and his own father for a blessing. This morning, I want to talk to you about engaging. We've been talking about keys to fruitful gatherings. How many know we serve a God that likes to gather, not scatter? You see, what the enemy wants to do is hurt you so that you stop gathering. And he'll even do it to where we think we're we're doing righteousness. We're hurt by domineering leaders. Therefore, I'm just going to have church at home. And he gets us to isolate ourselves. So there's a healthy restoration with the gathering. And that's what we're talking about. The Lord wants to gather us, not scatter us. The Lord wants us to be gathered like it says in Acts chapter 2. They were all together in one place. Amen. The, The beginning of the church, they were all together in one place. Isn't that amazing? They were not scattered abroad. As a matter of fact, when they scattered, God used it to further the gospel because of persecution. But he is not a God that scatters. He gathers. 
And so this morning, we're going to look at how we engage. We've got to learn to engage in relationships with him and with one another. We've got to learn and we've got to allow God's love like this morning we're worshiping and we're singing. He loves like a father. He loves like a brother. And he loves like a lion. He pursues me. That God wants to conquer us with his love. That all of our cares, all of our pursuing, all of our struggle ends with us saying, Daddy, I give up. I surrender to your love in this moment. The first thing I want to talk about this morning is that We have to pursue God. Your life, you might be sitting here this morning, and maybe you don't go to church that often. I don't know. Maybe somebody invited you here. Um, It wasn't a person. It it wasn't a human. It was Jesus, the King of Kings. He just used someone to get you here. But you're not here by accident. You're here because God's pursuing you, and he's pursuing you to pursue him. He's here because he wants to set you free. He's here because there's burdens that you carry. There's maybe offenses and hurts and wounds, and there's things God wants to bring into your life so that you come into relationship with him. We're living in an atmosphere of freedom. Don't take it for granted. We're living in a time in Henderson where God is moving, and it's only going to increase. I'm telling you prophetically, in this church and in this region, stuff is about ready to just bust loose. We've seen some explosions go on, but I'm telling you, the fuse is getting shorter and shorter. Get ready for an explosion of grace. It's the year of the favor of our God. God is, I love that verse that you were reading. I love that scripture. It it is our vision, Luke 4, 18 and 19, that the, the spirit of the Lord, Jesus says, is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Then it says, that we're proclaiming this is the acceptable year of our Lord, the year of favor, the favor of our God. God favors you. He favors Henderson. He's smiling on your life, and he's saying, I'm pursuing you, and I'm, I'm like, the, how many have heard the hound from heaven? The Holy Spirit is the hound from heaven. The Holy Spirit is after you this morning. He's after your heart. He's after you. He wants to bring you close. He wants to love you like a father. He wants you to pursue him. Jacob encountered God. He came to a place called Bethel, and he said, you're awesome in this place, and I did not know it. But that wasn't the end. He encountered God in a place, but what God wanted was to meet him face to face. And so he comes to this place, and he realizes that he's standing before an angel of the Lord, or Jesus, God, pre-incarnate Christ. He's standing here, and he begins to struggle with the angel. And he says, I want a blessing from you. I want you to bless me, and I'm not letting go until you bless me. It says the angel touched his hip, and his hip was out of socket. How many know that through struggles, we get dislocated? We get something isn't right. We can't walk the same. There's, there's things in our life we know we need restoration. I'm telling you, number one, it's found in the pursuit of God in your life. God doesn't want you to have some relationship with him that's supplemented on a Sunday morning. He wants your heart all the time. If I married my wife 12 years ago and we had a beautiful ceremony, we did a real long kiss at the end too. It was great. People were like, woo, glory. I think my mother-in-law didn't quite, she's like, oh, what's the, woo. I took her to the honeymoon suite too and it was uh, playing a little Marvin Gaye. Oh, anyways. Um, so I got caught up right there. What if my wife and I got married And then we move in together, and then I say, you stay here. I'm going to live in another place, and I'm going to come see you once a week and tell you what I need. 
And there's no intimacy. There's no relationship. There's no love. There's no affection. And so we've taken this God. Jacob knew the God. He Listen, God revealed himself. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're, you're part of this covenant. You're part of this thing. He called him in. And Jacob didn't realize that it wasn't just about the blessing. It was about purpose. So God wants you to, this is your purpose, saints. You're here to pursue him, to pursue God. It doesn't happen with just one encounter. It doesn't happen. You, you can encounter God, and it will change your heart. You can encounter him more than once, and it will change your life. But if you continue to encounter him, you will be a world changer and a history maker. Do we have any world changers in here? Who wants to change the world? Who wants to start with Henderson from the inner city to the outer nations? Number two, he wants you to engage in relationships. Listen, he is restoring the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Jacob had aught with his brother for 20 years. He deceived his brother for the birthright blessing. He deceived his own father. The enemy has come into families all across the world, and he's, that's what he attacks is the family. He attacks marriages. This morning we're praying and we're believing God and, and just proclaiming restoration of marriages. How many have experienced or seen God restore families? Lift up your hand in an amazing way. Get ready for more of that. That's what we're called to Henderson to do. We're called to just touch the hearts of the daddies and say, listen, you're supposed to love your wife and your kids. We're called to raise men of God up. Like the, the message about Ziklag, David coming in, and all the wives and kids were gone. We're taking our families back. We're taking Henderson back, and it's going to start. We've got to learn to engage in relationships. He has not called us just to, just to have a right relationship with God without having a right relationship with one another. There's no such thing. If there's offenses and stuff in our heart and bitterness and ought, we are not right with God. Jesus made it very clear. He said, if you don't forgive men, then you won't be forgiven. We don't preach it anymore because it doesn't, we have to water that down because people aren't going to come to church if they hear that message. You mean I got to forgive? Yes, you do. It's not an option. Hello? When you receive Jesus, listen, in the apostolic mandate, he breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. He says, as the Father sent me, I send you. Go therefore, right? You know Matthew's account. In John, he said, if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain them, they're retained. Don't retain, release. Be someone who pursues relationships. Just before this moment in Scripture, Jacob is afraid that Esau is just going to kill him. But God was about to restore the relationship with his brother that had been severed because of his own deception, his own craftiness, his, his own deception that weaved a web in his own life that brought him into bondage. Listen, God wants deception broken over the church. And I'm not just talking about lying. I'm talking about when we come to church, we think we're supposed to act more holy when we're supposed to be more transparent. You see that I'm somewhat of a transparent preacher. Amen. What you see is what you get. This is, I, I, don't, I don't ever want to be at a place where I'm, behind, I'm hiding behind this thing right here. You know, you know, Leonard Ravenhill, he said, the reason we have so many uh, pygmies in the pews is because we got a lot of puppets in the pulpits. And we all have our own puppets here that we like to pull out every once in a while. Glory to God. We put a mask on. We put, listen, God wants the real you. Lie number one. 
you're, you're all good by yourself. No, you're not better by yourself. You're better with other people. I'm so much better with my wife. She makes me so much better. She makes me a way better me. How many knew me before my wife? Anyone in this room? Aren't I better now? Thank you, Rochelle, and thank you, Jesus, for my beautiful bride. He who finds wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You don't want me to start doing that. I will. Puppet in the pulpit. We cannot come to a place where, listen, this is why we're talking about the first supper, breaking bread, defenses coming down, like this is laughing together, loving together, amen, learning the real you. I want to know the real you. I want to, don't you want to just get rid of the facade of church? Don't you want to just, you know what? This is it. Let's just be, let's be real. Don't you like real people? I love real people. I don't want to be fake, man. I want to engage in relationship. We've got to get rid of that thing. We've got to bind the spirit of cliques too. We've got to, young people, don't ever allow the enemy to think it's okay to have cliques. Because when new kids come in here that are hurting, broken, some of them might be struggling with suicide, your attitudes because you, oh, this is my clique right here, may end up costing someone their life in this life and in the next. The spirit of cliques is a killer. I, you know, I heard someone say, listen, your church is like the most unclicky church. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice right now for that. Let's do a little dance. Charismatic two-step right there. We have to make sure that we're not just hanging out with people that agree with us and like us. The most growth in my life is learning from people that don't like me and listening to what they have to say. Amen? If the enemy can get you into isolation, then you think whatever you want to think about yourself is right, which means you've fallen into deception. When other people are saying, hey, man, you're kind of angry, dude. Just chill. You need some healing. I'm not angry. <laughs> Seen someone do that before. Like, okay. I'm not prideful. It's, it's an oxymoron, dude, you know. We, we have, listen, we've got to listen to people around us. We've got to receive and, and, and re- be received. Amen. Some of you say, I struggle with rejection. No, you, some of you struggle with acceptance. Because you're not rejected, you're received. I, I don't know how many times I hear this. People, I don't, I don't know about you, but I've heard people say, I just feel judged at that place. I go to this church, I just feel judged. It ain't the encounter. That's a great cop-out. That's a really good excuse because we love everybody here. I don't care if you're broken, wrecked, tattooed. And tattoos are good, by the way. They're, they're from heaven, right? I'm just kidding. I don't care what you look like on the outside. God loves you. He loves you. We need to start embracing broken, messed up sinners like Jesus did. I've seen some drunk people at the altar before. That's good. Hallelujah. More of that. I mean, literally, under the smell. Oh, man. Is that hand sanitizer? That brother just do a few shots before he came to church. Literally, I'm not kidding. It was a, few, a couple months ago. I like that. You know why? That's what the church is supposed to be for. To release those appointed to death. To release those that are bound. God wants us to learn community, learn fellowship, learn relationship. Learn. Be intentional about it. I'm going to get to know somebody that I might not normally get to know. And I'm going to be real. Amen? 
Let's break bread together. Let's listen. In Acts chapter 2, they didn't just listen to preaching and pray. They fellowshiped and they broke bread. That's the other half. We got the first half down. We love preaching. It's a house of preaching and somewhat a house of prayer. But what about fellowship and breaking bread? How important is that? That's what the Lord's Supper is. It's not just eating a cracker once a month. It's actually engaging in relationships where everything comes down, defenses come down. You don't like something about me? That's okay. I love you, and we love each other, and we learn. We grow together. We learn from one another. Amen? I've seen some of the most powerful things happen at the dinner table when there's extreme tension, and then God breaks down walls, and there's extreme restoration. Jesus even said, I've come. I want to dine with you. I'm knocking at the door. Last thing I want to point out in the story that we need to do in order to engage is we need to allow God's love to conquer us. How many are married in this room? You remember when you got engaged? How did you propose? Did you take him to the top of the Eiffel Tower in Paris? My love. Where you literally say, you know what? I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I remember that moment at the restaurant. I tricked Rochelle. I'm like, I can't. I can't. She's like, what? I'm like, I can't thank God enough for you. Bam! Put out the rock right there. You remember that? And she's like, <laughs> little tear. She still loves me sometimes when I'm a good boy. <laughs> God is, listen, it's as if in this moment, Jesus himself as a, a groom comes to a bride and says, I want all of your heart. And a good lover gives all of themselves to you. My wife is a good lover. She's given all of herself to me, her whole heart. Because when I met her, her love conquered my lovers of the past. See, when you meet Jesus, he becomes your first love and your only love. Jesus is my first love. And I have to love him more than I love my wife. Otherwise, I don't have enough love to give my wife. But we got to be conquered by his love. He knows, listen, God never called us to just lead someone in a sinner's prayer, crying at the altar. He, we need to start believing God that the love of the Father so permeates through everything we do, through our songs, through our messages, through our love, through our actions, that people are conquered. Walls crumble in their life because of the extravagant love of God. I don't think we have any conception of how much God really loves us. It's become Christian cliche. Jesus loves you. God loves me. I know. Thanks. I know. I know. No, you don't. You cannot fathom the depths of the love of God for you. Even when you're backslidden, it says he's married to you. Even in your funky sin, when you run from God, he looks at you and says, I still love you. The prodigal, the prodigal son, the father, just looking at the horizon, just looking, waiting, waiting. The father's waiting. His love has to conquer all the past, all the things. Jacob pursued a lot of things in his life, and he thought he was blessed, which he was, but he still pursued a blessing because in this moment he knew there was void of purpose in his life. How many felt like their life has just been a struggle? I know mine has. My walk, I didn't get born again until I was almost 18 years old. Man, I, I've, I've learned so much, and I'm still growing and learning 
But how many times I wrestle with God, I wonder, and this is just, I'm just going to throw that out there. Before he came to this angel of the Lord, before he came before God, I wonder if he could have just asked for a blessing. Why did he wrestle him? Think about it. It doesn't say in the scripture that the angel wouldn't have just said, I want to bless you. See, the problem is we wrestle with God and we're fighting him when he wants to bless us the whole time. It says God prevail, or that he prevailed, but when God changed Jacob's name from deceiver to Israel, Israel literally means God prevailed or God wrestler. It's a play on words. They both won. Jacob won because he didn't let go because he said, I need purpose to my life. I'm tired of the struggle. I've pursued everything else. I've pursued other lovers. For years, he worked 14 years for one chick. Worked a long time. That's some diligence. He must, she must have been fine. It says that she was beautiful in face and in form. She must have been like, no, oh, wow, beautiful. I bet Eve was prettier, but anyways. He pursued everything else in life and was blessed, but something was missing in his life. He had a lot of other lovers, but he had to meet this God face to face. And the struggle ended. When he said, I'm not letting go. I'm not going to, don't let go of God. Don't let go of God. I've wrestled with God before. I could tell you stories and stories where literally I wrestled with God. I got jumped by three dudes. And I I could tell you the story where God profoundly used this event in, in my life to speak through it. And to this day, I feel like I have a, a little, like he, you know, his hip was dislocated. I feel like I have that thing every time. There's moments in my life I'm like, I remember that moment. And Lord, you know what? I'm giving up. Because really God prevails in the end, doesn't he? I mean, he kind of let him win, don't you think? You know, I'll just let you, I'll let you win. Do you know the Bible says you're more than conquerors? Do you know why? Through his love. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How did he become victorious? Let his love have victory over everything in your life. Let love govern you. Isaiah 16, 5. Let his love govern you. The government of love will be established, the Bible says. Let his love govern you. Amen. I love the song we're singing, and maybe we can close with it, Chris, if that's okay, if you want to come up, worship team. He loves like a father. He loves like a brother. He loves like a lion. He pursues us. He he. He pursues us with his love. I want to pray for those of you in this place that maybe you have, maybe you have this, this weighty burden of a relationship with a dad or a mom or a parental figure in your life that is not right. Today the struggle can end and you can release it and God can heal your heart. Maybe it's with a brother, sister, a spouse, anybody in your life. He wants to make those things right. Jesus wants to become the one who sticks closer than a brother in your life. And he wants to break down those walls. He wants you to know that he's chasing you. He is so jealous for your love. The Holy Spirit, God's jealous? What do you mean? That's, That's the only way he could describe it. Because he wants to be in your life. He wants to be that one that you think about all the time. Young people, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those little crushes you have. Oh, he texts me. <laughs> Jesus wants to be, he wants to, 
He wants to just carry you away on a divine romance. Oh, you, he loves you. You have no idea. Some of you, it's not an accident you're here. He's pursuing you, and his love wants to conquer you. I want you to close your eyes, if you would, please. Just close your eyes everywhere. Holy Spirit, come right now, and I want you, I pray that you would just touch the hearts of these people in front of me, every son, daughter, right now. He calls you son and daughter. We're going to just begin to sing this song, and I want to I want to just pray that we would, with one voice, say, come like you promised. Come, rain your love down. And as we begin to sing the bridge, he loves like a father. I'm telling you, the father's love is going to touch some of you. He loves like a brother. The love of Jesus is just going to overwhelm you. The line of Judah, the, the Holy Spirit is going to chase you down this morning. Don't leave the same. Allow his love to conquer you this morning. I want to be conquered by your love so I can be more than a conqueror, more than an overcomer, God. Change my name. Change my name because you're going to prevail in my life. In Jesus' name. I want you to just pray. Stand up with me right now. Stand up with me. We're going to worship. Let's sing this song. As we begin to sing this song, you're welcome to come up to the front right here. We're going to pray together before we dismiss. The altar's open right now as we begin to worship. We sing, come like you promised. Come in power in Jesus' name. Won't you come?